Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick, and we've got we got a lot on your plate for what's supposed to be a Friday preview show. So we have segments at the end, like like always, and then we're having an interview with Robert K. Smith of Windy City Gridiron uh, to talk about the Bears. He covers the Bears for them. That's where you're going to get your Giants Bears meet. So if you want to just hear an actual Bears preview, go to the interview. We have Greg's dad coming on the show. And, and after, right after that, Greg's dad, QB1, the man that got 82% of the poll votes of who should be QB1, Greg's dad, Mike Leonard, Jake Fromm, he will be on the show. Actually, it was a pretty fun interview, especially at the end of the season when we're looking for stuff to talk about. But we're going to start talking about this. Oh, and I went viral, but I do want to talk about a Swartz article and the Giants working some of the media to try and get out in front of some stuff because Chris Mar- they're trying to spin it as Chris Mara uh, doesn't actually do anything and that the Giants, oh no, they're definitely going to let the new GM make a decision on Joe Judge and Daniel Jones on their own. So, But Justin, how are you? I just did like a two-minute intro because there's it's, so much we have going on. It's all right. It's all right. Big week for you. You kind of broke the sports world two days ago. Yeah, we can we could talk about that. I, I, I you know I know people want us to talk about football. We could talk. Let's talk about the Mara stuff um, to start, and then we'll do that before we kick it to the interview. Okay. You know, let's not be so. I don't want to be so self centered that I you know we start the first ten minutes of the show talking just about me making a video. Good for you. Um, I would have started off with me. Yep. This episode was brought to you by not me, not you, Daniel Scally. He's our newest Patreon member, patreon.com slash talking giants for $2 a month. Uh, free, uh, You get a, a free sticker, $10 a month, you get five free stickers, and then we do three raffles a month. The $2 a month a tier, which everyone's part of, gets two raffles, and then the $10 a month gets an extra raffle, which you have a good chance of winning because there's only like 20 people in there. Patreon.com slash talking giants. I didn't throw it to Justin because I, I want to get through this. So, Paul Schwartz had an article. That came out, and and a lot of it was like the uh you know between what's fact and what's myth, and it just seemed like the Giants work Paul Schwartz to. No, they do. It's not you know, seems. And I hate throwing. I really do hate throwing shade at Paul. Schwartz. Like I don't have any like negative feelings about Paul Schwartz. I really don't. I don't. But it's just it just seems like a like I'm not saying he's not sourced up on it, but it just it just seems like a load of crap from what we're hearing. And I'm going to pull up the thread that giant insider basically like gave a synopsis of it on Chris Mara and Adam Schefter went on Jordan Renan's podcast talking about like, Oh, you know, they're going to give the GM the idea to, to move on from judge. If that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Cause you have the main report by Schefter 
that says, and we and we talked about it on Sunday. Daniel Jones, Joe Judge will be back next year, and then he goes on Jordan Ronan's podcast. And the final six seven minutes, by the way, you have to you have to really listen. You have to really search for it. the final six seven minutes. Schefter starts to work back. Ah, well, maybe not. You know, maybe uh, John Merritt is open to the best possible GM candidate coming in here. And if that GM candidate says no judge, then then there's a possibility that I, I don't believe it, Bobby. It's I don't fantasy believe it. land. It's totally made up. It's John Mayer saw what happened, the reaction to it on Sunday. It almost seems like, and I saw, um, I was listening to, we're giving a lot of shout outs. It was the, the, the Cranky fan, right? Yeah, I was listening to Just Giants podcast on uh, like Tuesday or Wednesday. Talking about it's like it seems like they're just throwing feelers out there, whether whether who it's from and seeing the reaction to it, like the Kevin Abrams stuff. It's like the reaction to that was like, oh my god! So we would lure, we'd probably rather just stay with Dave Gettleman than than bring in than yeah, make which, Kevin which Abrams again, the GM. The Paul Schwartz article says, you know what, John Mara may, you know, he he he's pretty inclined to promote Kevin Abrams, but he knows the fan reaction. Why? This just goes to the broken brain. And bro, again, broken process that is the Giants, but also just you are you. I I don't. This is really mean. Are you an idiot? I really want to hire and promote Kevin Abrams, but I know I won't do it because of the fans. Why are you doing things and why are you operating your team based off of what the fans are saying? But then, in a way, thank God the fans are saying yes. don't promote Kevin Abrams because then you would. The, if we didn't care, you would, and that would be a disaster. Both situations are horrible. Promoting Kevin Abrams is a horrible decision. And, and situation to the fans. two of of bowing to the fan base. You know, like this is a case where the fan base, I believe, is very much correct. Um, but it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy where we are. Where it's like, it's it's like they're sending feelers out to the fan base of of like, oh, what do you think about this? And then the Schefter report comes out, and it's like, and we're like, are you seriously gonna for you're gonna do this again? You're gonna do this again. You're gonna force Joe Judge, and and not even to say that you don't can't bring back Joe Judge, and and but you're gonna force them on the new GM. So the idea that from this article that like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a, a GM search where they're not forcing. It's to me, it sounds like was Dave Gellman forced to run it with Eli? No, but no. he got the job because he was willing to run it with Eli type thing. Where it's like whoever, like the GM, it's even if they say it, it's not a prerequisite. A, a, a biased prerequisite will be like, what do you think of Judge and and Co? And it's going to be a someone question. who comes in and says like, hey, I I want to. If someone goes into a GM interview and says all the good things, whether it's whoever it is, you know, and it's like honestly, I'm kind of inclined to move on from him, but I'd like to talk to him, see what his vision is, and find out and find out more, find out what happened with Jason Garrett, and more. that guy is not going to get the job because it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's just it's just biased yeah. because they're bias for judge now it may not be a prerequisite it may not be a prerequisite but you bet your ass that i know for a fact that is going to be asked what do you think of judge what do you think yeah that's i mean that should be uh asked regardless you know um and and i got a freaking mosquito in here that is driving me nuts um now here is now so now like last week we were a little worried about kevin abrams now i'm not worried about kevin abrams at all no we talked a lot on Wednesday about Joe Judge behind the scenes and things we hear and things that are public and, you know, the Garrett, Colombo stuff. Here is my best case scenario that I actually have. I don't have very much hope for this franchise right now, but I do have a little bit of hope for. 
is that Dave Gettleman was essentially part of the New York Giants family. You know, like he's on, he's going to pick John Mayer's side. He's all the lifers in there. He works with them. Joe Judge came in. Guys like Steven Verderoso, they're not going to let Joe Judge come in and fire everyone. But he's like, hey, I can't work with this type of guy. Here's what I'm best case scenario. You get a guy from, you know, like Buffalo of Joe, Joe Shine or whatever his name is. Joe Shone. Shane. Some, some, Shane. Joe Shane. Some, someone like him or, or, you know, who's an outside the person. And now you got that double team on John Mayer. Where it's like, you got Judge going at Mayer. Like, hey, man, like we need to move on. And the best case for G. Like, hey, these scouts need to move. move. Not, not, and again, you don't have to fire everyone. Or be like, hey, like we need to move Chris Mayer. Not from a, a small role to out of the room. He cannot be in the room. like So that's that's my best case scenario hope for them right now. Yeah, and that's exactly why I think John Mara is kind of fascinated with Joe Judge. Is that I think Joe Judge gives it to John Mara straight in some regards. Um, and I think because of the attention to detail that Joe Judge has. Now again, this is outside of the job qualifications of being a head coach that comes from the month months of August to hopefully your team is playing in February, right? From August to February. This this is outside of all of that, which is sucks. But you know, Joe Judge brings a certain kind of process, brings a certain kind of language, speaks a certain kind of way that sparks John Mara's interest because it is different. It's probably not something or in a way that kisses his ass like Dave Gettleman does. And I think that intrigues him. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So that's the Joe, Joe Judge, Judge GM's part of it. The other part was, and I should have pulled a tweet, is that this Chris Mara thing. And this, I mean, this set me off this morning, Justin. I mean, I was so pissed off. So Giant Insider tweeted this out and someone sent it to me because they blocked me. And Paul Schwartz also hinted at kind of hinted at it as well yeah well it's it's pulling stuff from the paul swartz article but it's just this last month i told you chris mayer does not have a majority opinion in the building and does not run the draft i said don't be fooled because his last name is mayor don't be fooled by his title he doesn't have that much responsibility anymore the, the uh that gettleman runs the show which by the way we never thought chris mayer was like the acting gm we all know dave gettleman tech like was is probably is like number one in running the show even if you thought chris mayer had a huge role well, this is is well respected New York Post Paul Schwartz today to state that others uh, to state that others have that Chris Mayer runs the scouting department is which is patently false. He's a longtime talent evaluator and thus a respected voice in the room. He has no veto power veto power in the draft. He is not assigned to college games on the road. He no longer attends the NFL Combine. He is no really he is uh, no not really involved in the day to day football options any longer. He evaluates a few players and gives his opinions. Mayor has the fancy title, but it's Dave's show. That second to last sentence bothers me because of every other sentence in this. It, what does he do then? Is he a casual fan that is in the fucking office giving opinions on draft day? And his last name is Mara. The last name matters. Your boss it's like the you know, it's like the old Oh, act like I'm not here. You know, the, the principal goes and yeah. I want to see how you run the class. It matters. A guy who can't be fired being in the room matters to guys that can be fired in the room. It matters. Who is the free is going to go and talk to his brother, John. Like It's insane to me. And here's the other thing. Let's say that's all true about Chris Mayer. Why is he working here then? Right. What is he doing? Like, I, we joked about it on Simple Man Radio today. Check it out. So, are you saying that Danny King is the senior vice pre- uh, pre- uh, vice president of player personnel? 
is someone who does the work that Danny Kings does during the draft, where he's not evaluating the whole class, but he evaluates a few players and gives his opinion. So Danny King, Danny King is the, is the v, senior VP of player personnel. Like, that's crazy. I told myself I wasn't going to get fired up, but I'm fired up. The show's going to be two hours long. I don't care. That's insane. Why is someone who doesn't do anything? It's crazy. It is insane. I mean, could, could you think about how pissed off Joe Judge has to be that his that he doesn't do any damn work? He's not part of the day-to-day, but on draft, he gets to show up in the room and give his opinions with the last name Mara and has no accountability? That is so freaking insane. And that's why I've never been lower on this organization right now because of people with the last name that is spelled M-A-R-A. That's literally the definition of nepotism. Right? Like, just just yes. because of your last name, you get to show up and you get to have a say. And it is very, very dumb for people to imply that even if he's not involved in the process, that his presence doesn't matter. It is a dumb, dumb suggestion. It matters. It's, it's your boss's brother. Who is also not, it's not just your boss's brother who just shows up. He's been he working has, for the franchise forever. He is, he is the third person that you see on the Giants website that's listed, or the media book, wherever you look. It is John Mara, it is Steve Tisch, it is Chris Mara. He is the third person. The senior vice president of player personnel. Does nothing. Fix it, man. It, he, I know it's family. You know what? Sometimes you have to have tough conversations with your family. Like, hey, man, we, you, you can't have this title anymore. You're a part of this team. You're a part of this family. You'll always be a New York Giant. You, you are here. But you can't have this title anymore. You can't be in the room on the draft anymore. You just can't have this, man. It's, it's, it is insane to operate this way. And, and not only insane to operate this way, but to do it after 10 years of just pitiful pitiful failure and so it's because the te- last 10 years have been pitiful oh chris mayor doesn't really do anything it's he's not really involved you know don't worry it's he's at, you know don't worry about him being hired but were, were they saying that 10 years ago when we were coming off of a super bowl i doubt they were saying chris mayor is not really involved then it just pisses huh. me off all right i want that clipped and put on twitter because that was a good rant um yeah. tomorrow you could you know tomorrow at like 10 30 or something um, do you have anything else on that? No. Well, we also need to talk about these freaking insane media members. Um, what are they doing? So to set this up, uh, a, a reporter who I've never heard of Marco something. He, uh, Polo. Yeah, that was cute. All right. Um, <laughs> um, he, um, he had a tweet after, he got off a Zoom call with Saquon Barkley saying, yeah, I've, and so, I've never seen him so dejected. So, Which was true and fair, but also it's like the Giants have lost four games in a row. Saquon hasn't been playing well. There's a lot of heat on him. Like It's to, it's to be expected, you know? It's not like he doesn't want to be a part. Like it's, it's the end of a, of a bad season for Saquon Barkley in the New York Giants. And so it was like, I just pointed out, it's like, well, all the questions were negative, which the questions were fair, except for one portion of them, I think. Not even fair, just like weird. Um, you know, it's like it's negative. I, I don't, um, don't get me wrong. I don't want to beat reporters, but they also could be a, critical with some more making sense. Like, uh, why don't you ask Saquon Barkley, "Hey, man, you know, you are supposed to be the top dog. 
you know, and, and obviously you, you want to see other guys succeed, but how do you explain Devontae Bookie having more yards than you on less carries? You know, that's a very, that's a very tough, critical question, you know? So it's not like, in like I don't even think the New York media is tough. I think they're headline hunters, which is what we, is how we get to my viral video. Because I, because th- they wanted the headline, Saquon Barkley plans to commemorate return to Chicago or somewhat, something like that. They asked this man three times. Three times about going back to the, the the spot where it happened. And every time he said no. And they kept on asking. So I made this video. Hey, Saquon. I know you guys are going back to Chicago where obviously you tore your ACL last year. Some players that are looking for closure. They'll go back to the spot that it happened and spit, maybe even piss. And some would, you know, maybe even want to burn down the stadium that it happened in. And is that, is that something that, you know, you you've considered doing it for all this no and it broke the internet i need to get not pissed off because we should be laughing at this and i'm just like in pissed off i hate the new york giants franchise right now mode well it's funny yeah so i mean you guys have seen it it was just it was a very funny day it broke the internet i mean barstool believed it you know like thousands hundreds of thousands of people believe that saquon barkley was asked if if he wanted to burn down the Bears stadium or or piss on the field, it was talked about on radio stations. All like it, it was all. I mean, it spread like wildfire. I mean, right now it's over seven hundred thousand views. And when you wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm hoping it gets to that one million mark. Boom! If it gets to the one million mark, I might I might just pin it. Um, <laughs> you know, if Joe Judge gets fired, I'll I'll, I'll pin it. Um, yeah, that is true. Yeah, but what? Just what, man? <laughs> We are having the time of our lives on th- on Wednesday night with that crap. Every time a big check mark, or not even a big check mark, because a lot of I mean, Barstool was the biggest check check mark to embed the video and say what? Which, by the way, I would think that Barstool and their brand would be the one place where they would be like, "This is awesome." Um, no, they were like, or at least second guess, like, "Hey, maybe the internet isn't don't believe everything on the internet." Yeah, and, and so Barstool, you sometimes would expectedly, but like reporters like re- reputable people who are maybe like 50k 60k um they're writing articles about it and they're quote tweeting it saying is this real oh my god and then i would f- i would try to find as many as possible and i would be like omg is it real no way no way so, uh, so i just sarcastically like just went along with it and that think was about very, how very many fun. people in their day-to-day life will now think that saquon barkley was asked if he could piss and and, and it was just Credit to Saquon Barkley. While he was being asked that question, he didn't have any facial reaction to it or anything. Just stayed, <laughs> just stayed stagnant. Just no, um, <laughs> which, which it was just, it was just funny. So I was making fun of the media. One day you're gonna get enough power and because we are, we're, we're gonna continue to grow. You know, we're starting talking football, and that's gonna be a thing. So you're gonna get enough power and standing in the world one day where you're gonna cause it to crash and burn. I don't think we'll get to that point because I'm going to crash and burn myself by that time. True. Very true. Especially with the way the, the outlook of the New York Giants future. Because, I mean, this this is all rooted in the Giants sucking. Like, if the Giants fired Dave Gellman on Monday like they should have to get started on their GM hunt, we wouldn't be doing this. We would be talking about GM candidates and doing our GM research and stuff. But, nope, they want to be courteous. And so this is what you get. And you get the Pat Hanlon, Steve, Steven Vergarosa fight, which we talked about on Wednesday. I mean, just, just, this is your fault, New York Giants. It's Everything a soap that, opera. 
Yeah, it's all everything that's bad happens is your fault. So it was a fun day. I don't feel like telling it's. I mean, like I said, it's what are we. People, a lot of people got tricked. So, all right. Um, should we send it to the interviews? Let's do it. All right. So I haven't recorded this interview yet, but I know it's gonna be a good one because we've had him on every single year talking Giants, and even before talking Giants, I interviewed this guy, uh, Robert K. Smith of Windy City Gridiron. I really do like Robert. Uh, so good conversation that I haven't had yet to talk about the Giants Bears game a little bit. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, me and Robert just spent 20 minutes talking shop on Giants Bears, and that's why I'm glad to have him on because it's, you know, <laughs> uh, the Giants Bears has become its own little uh, rivalry the last five years, and we'll get to see each other next year, which whenever I see the Bears on the schedule, I'm looking forward to talk to Robert. We both. We both came up at the same time, like both had, you know, 200 followers at the same time. And yes, we did. <laughs> uh, both both have grown. So Robert's, uh, Robert Smith's of Windy City Gridiron covers the Bears better than anybody. Giants Man. and Bears, not only a rivalry, we were in a draft day trade last year. First question, this is game specific. Who is your quarterback this week? Oh, I don't know. Gosh, I hope it's Justin Fields. I mean, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers is limited on the injury report and uh, and what is it, like his backup, Jordan Love is full practice, then you're probably playing Aaron, right? But yeah. it's hard to tell at this stage who the Bears, frankly, want to play. I mean, Nick Foles obviously goes out, puts up the third highest point total of the season, highest being a Fields game. So that's not like that means much. It's more to say, are the Bears trying to rush him back to get some experience against the Giants team that and know that our team is in a similar position? It's not the strongest team that Justin has faced this year, which can be good reps for a rookie. Or are they going to try to shelve him, try to play him against the Minnesota Vikings? I, I would love to tell you, but this whole regime, for as long as they've been in Chicago under Ryan Pace, shrouds everything in a thick layer of ambiguity. And that's part of the reason a lot of Chicago people want him out of town. You know what I mean? So I hope it's JF1, but I'm not sure. So we had you on in 2019, and I feel like we've yep. kind of we've kind of flipped situations where, at the time, you guys were on year three of Mr. Trubisky. Now you guys had a, a second year playoff uh, season under him, so we did. But I, you know, probably we're like, eh, you know, I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's going to be it. And but and me, Giants is like, yeah, we suck, but I got this shiny new QB, and he's throwing you know a lot of touchdowns. He's on pace for the rookie touchdown. Like I, I'm in love. So now. Fields may have not had the same success this year, but where are you at with Justin Fields overall? Like, I don't even, I'm not even talking about this game specifically. I just, like, our fans would probably like to hear, like, sure. what, what is just, how do you feel about Justin Fields year one? So I feel good, but I feel good for the same reason that a lot of Giants f- fans felt great about Daniel Jones. Well, at least this year, for the Jones fans out there, where I'm seeing Justin Fields play in a West Coast system that doesn't fit him at all all so we're seeing him get better at a lot of the things that he was i'll just be frank with you bobby awful at to open the season in september he took a sack on one out of four dropbacks think about that that's reprehensible and now he's brought that number down to one out of every about 12 so massive improvement i think his like play to play ability to go through his reads find his check down is getting better the athleticism's obviously there the touchdowns aren't but when you look at the bears receiving room 
absolutely nobody stands out. I mean, we were expecting big, big things from Allen Robinson this year, who's been vo- virtually invisible. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. So, uh, it's been it's been wild. And uh, truth be told, I think it's on both sides there, right? Where I don't think the Bears are trying to use him like a wide receiver one, which is wild, weird, if not spiteful. But I also don't think Allen Robinson is necessarily trying to assert himself in a contract year saying, I'll just try not to get hurt and hit free agency. So hard to know what's going on there, but the bears have been able to generate some decent receiving targets. They've just struggled in the red zone all year long. And it took a Titanic catch from Jimmy Graham last week. And then the best catch of Demir bird's life uh, on the two point conversion to get their fifth win of the year. And when you're grinding that hard to beat the Seahawks in a game where they shoot themselves in the foot, you know, you're a deep, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now usually I root for the bears. They've been like, you know, I don't sure. root for any other team, but I was like, I, you know, I like seeing Chicago do well this year. We've been rooting against the bears with all our, our hearts. It's been the most fun part of the season is rooting against the bears <laughs> because of that draft day trade. I, I, I don't want to ask you this. Do you not, I'm not asking do you regret picking Justin Fields at 11, sure. but do you, does part of you like, man, I wish we would have kept that, that draft pick. So when and, I think about it, when I think about it, like you're talking about from, do I want the pick? Obviously, but I would trade for, I would trade up to number 11 to draft a quarterback in a heartbeat every single time. Okay. I mean, there's a reason that we had to twist Gettleman's arm. And I mean, it was his first trade down ever, if memory serves, yeah. but Chicago needed a quarterback in the worst way. I mean, we would have been looking at a, uh, what is it? An Andy Dalton and Nick Foles led football team and the ability to draft somebody as talented as Justin Fields. Now, again, it, does talent always equate to results? Not necessarily. Mac Jones is popping off. And I'm sure you've talked about this because Bobby, how could anybody not right? that scheme around a rookie or a quarterback in general is so clearly evidenced through Mac Jones's success right now that, it's hard not to just desire better for all of our quarterbacks, whoever they are, right? I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about with Jason Garrett. Oh, I, and we had Jason Garrett, who I do think was 32 of 32 as OCs in the NFL. And I think offensive coordinator, Robert, is the second most important – offensive play caller to me after quarterback is the second most important position in football. Like mm-hmm. really, now, obviously, you got to have more than a good QB and a good play caller. Right. Like a good play caller can – make up for a lot of stuff you know and what was so frustrating with daniel jones the past two seasons there's been good moments you know not to say that it hasn't been like he hasn't been like a, a like horrible he's been average i would say but it's frustrating and when we talked in 2019 his rookie like his rookie season was fun he was and it was like yeah does he have some turnovers the fumbles but he is throwing the ball and he's got stuff to work on but this is fun football with daniel jones at qb oh yeah you know it's like this is clearly different than what we've seen out of eli manning the last three years throwing the ball downfield and they looked at his mistakes and said, we got to eliminate that and didn't look to thrive his best stuff. You know, in, in that 2019 season, we had a bad offensive line, worst wide receiver room. And, you know, again, he was on pace for the rookie touchdown record. You look at him and Justin Herbert's rookie season, that besides the fumbles, which are big, they are exactly the same. Like touchdown right. rate, interception rate, yards per game. Even they, they literally, even their teams to, were both ranked as the 19th offenses in the NFL. And then we went to the 31st ranked last year. So, um, I so know what I, you mean. I, I wasn't rooting for Fields this year, but next year I will be rooting for the rooting to see Justin Fields do well. And I'll be the first to tell you that I'm, I'm going to say something that might sound a little weird, but as an honest evaluator, I really don't care about Fields' numbers 
this year, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. He, he came out of Ohio State, too. And what I feel like nobody talks about, Bobby, is that when you come out of a high, like, top, top-tier school, like at Mac Jones, honestly, being the weird one, Tua Tugafailoa, I think, struggled with this. Justin Fields struggled with this. A.J. McCarron, dramatically less talented, right? But from Alabama, struggled with this. You go from having making it to where – or to building offenses where your number one wide receiver is going to be open – 85% of the time. I mean, you're asking Chris Olave to run a route against a guy at Rutgers, right? He's open. He's going to be open yeah. to the NFL where there's a reason that Aaron Rodgers from, if memory serves Cal and Drew Brees from, uh, gosh, it was Purdue. Purdue. And you look around like the NFL's pedigree. It's not a ton of guys from high, like, what is it? Blue chip schools where a lot of the defensive players, wide receivers, like the Julio Joneses come from that seem to make it in the NFL. It's guys that had to go through their progressions in the first place. Josh Allen from Wyoming, Patrick Mahomes from Texas tech, Russell Wilson from, uh, Oh gosh, it was wherever Mike Glennon played NC state. NC like, state yeah, and then Wisco. It, exactly. It's, it's not these OSU type quarterbacks that succeed and I'm, it's not that it's Ohio State's fault. It's that, Bobby, I'm trying to lay out. You don't the have case. the growing pains. You know, it's, Fields, it's... Exactly. Fields is rawer than I think he was ever thought to be. And that's okay. Because I'll tell you with my eyes, the accuracy is there. Like when Fields spots a guy open 25 yards downfield, the ball gets to him. And it gets to them exactly like you'd want him to. His drive and throw ability is nothing short of fun. I have to think. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, like with fields, it's like you have a great arm talent, the accuracy, you know, and the velocity. He's got the mobility and he seems to be like a hard worker where he's like, right, both same school, but he seems like the anti Haskins where Haskins had a decent sure. arm, inaccurate, didn't seem to be a hard. Well, we know for a fact he wasn't a hard worker. And it's just like it didn't translate to the NFL, but at Ohio State, he looked like a baller, but fields seemed like he could kind of, you know, break that trend a little bit. That's the hope. And I mean, if it doesn't, if he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm obviously hopeful, but I have to be realistic. The question is, though, and you talked about this with Daniel Jones. I want to draw a parallel. I think that there's two choices that offensive coordinators always have, right? It's do I bring the bottom up with my player or do I try to just pop the top off and take the L on some of the bad parts? And with Daniel Jones, I feel like they kind of took what he was good at and almost took that opportunity away from him. I'm stealing they tried this. To say, yeah, I, I, I'm stealing this line from someone else. Is they they killed his ceiling to raise his floor, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I find myself like I look at that and I think to myself, somebody's going to get the chance to make the same decision with Justin Fields. I hope that they pick the ceiling because I'll take four sacks a game. Russell Wilson in just this last game took a crippling 12-yard sack that created a 39-yard field goal the Seahawks missed that basically let the Bears back in the game. Now, obviously, you should make a 39-yard field goal, but he turned a 5-yard sack into a 12-yard sack, and I, like most Seahawks fans, will live with that to get the rest of Russell Wilson, right? Right. With Fields, honestly, I'm surprised, Bobby, you haven't brought up the big juice of this game, right? Do you recognize... This is Mike Glennon's revenge game. Oh, I've brought it up. I'm and I'm a, I'm a big 
like Mike Glennon over Jake Fromm guy because we started Jake Fromm last week and I was fine. I was like, you know what? Jake Fromm's arm talent sucks. He's never going to be the future. I don't care if, if he's new. I don't want to see new. I want to see Mike Glennon. How was that Mike Glennon experience? I mean, you only got like, what, like two or three weeks of it. <laughs> Four games. And you have to remember, he entered the season drafted in, or like signed right before Trubisky. He got $41 million in one of the most, I would say, infamous contracts in recent Bears history. Said recent NFL this history. Is, yeah. Said this is my year and proceeded to embarrass himself on national TV Sunday night football against the Packers. And there's no doubt in my mind. He's obviously still wearing number eight, right? No, he's number two. Oh, my gosh. There's no doubt in my mind. Bears fans are salivating to welcome Mike Glennon back into the stadium. It's not a hate thing. I don't understand why it is that everybody's still mad at a guy that we paid money to, and, and he only started four games. I think he won against the Steelers, almost beat the Falcons. Like, it's not, I don't know. The players could get really, or fans could get really angry at players who, you know, are just trying their best, right? But that's somebody I know the Bears fans are excited to see. And there's, there's more juice there than anybody wants to admit. Well, it be like if the Giants got to face Geno Smith after, you know, they benched Eli for him. Yeah, for, honestly, for that that's a week. great example. Um, but Mike Lennon is – Mike Lennon – here, you want to talk about scheme. Mike Lennon, who's a bad quarterback, is having career worse in completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown right. percentage, interception percentage, and QBR. So that – the scheme, the players around Mike Lennon has turned him from bad to worse. Oh, I um, know the feeling. That was Nick Foles last year. I mean – Unfortunately, like you said, I feel like the Giants and Bears are intertwined destiny teams right now. I know. <laughs> Just try to pull, pull them out of like back in what was it? The 2000s, like the 90s, the 80s. Bears and Giants had that like defense running game grit. I remember it was the Mod Brooks, right? And those Giants teams, they were tearing it up. That was so much fun. And both the Bears and the Giants are just trying to find their way in this new Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Chargers world, right? And hopefully we can figure it out, man. <laughs> it's uh, It's been frustrating. I hope – see, when we talk next year, do you hope it's early season or end of season? I, you know, I want to be smack dab in the middle, so it's not where we're having a meaningless game. But we well, also have a good idea of who our teams are too. Whereas we, the, hope is, the hope is either thriving or dead. It was so funny to me because you talked to me at the early 2020 last year. And do you, re you realize we talked about Trubisky the week before he got pulled and everybody knew it was coming. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the bears have been this, the word that I would use if giants fans want to know how it feels. Cause I feel, I don't know what it is. Tell me what the zeitgeist is on Joe judge. Cause I'll tell you what Twitter probably paints a very different picture than New York media. They hate him. The, everyone hates him right now. But it, they're oh, losing gosh. games, you know. So there of is course. some positives of Judge, but it's frustrating because he doesn't call plays on oh, offense or defense, you know. So it's like, all right, let's pinpoint right. it. He's very conservative on fourth down. So, and, like, and that's something I've criticized him on. But there's also a part where it's like, well, once, you're, once you're, you're, your MO is being conservative on fourth down, it's like every fourth down you have to go for it or you're the dumbest coach of all time. Right. Um, <laughs> we hear good stuff behind the scenes about Judge. Like, may, like – we joked about it on Wednesday, like Joe Judge for GM. Like he's actually shaking up the organization a little bit. Um, we like the defensive coordinator. He just he never got the guy to get his offensive coordinator. Jason Garrett wasn't his guy, and um, it'll be so if he can get his guy as OC. You know, Brian Dable was like he's been trying to get him the last two years out of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. 
um, but he keeps on getting blocked. Um, so I'm rooting for like a Bills first round loss in the playoffs, and you know they fire fire Dable or something like that. Maybe. Um, so I mean, so for the most part, people hate Judge. I do think they should move on for Judge once one part. The main part is they're moving on from their GM. So it's like let's stop screwing up the cycle every two years, New York Giants. Um, totally. Which like he he's paying for the sins of Dave Gettleman the way same way Pat Shermer did uh, two years ago. In that case, it sounds like the Bears and the Giants are similar yet again because Bobby, we were talking in 2020 at week two, and think about what I was trying to say. Like the head coach was in a prove it year. He was starting a quarterback we knew he didn't like. He pulls him immediately. The like full <laughs> three and zero too. I remember tanks. that. But yeah, Foles comes in. He tanks over time. And both of those guys, the GM and the head coach, stay on, right? Like, the Bears are just drawing this thing out, right? And I'm with you. You can't just keep hitting the reset button, right? Like, the, every time you, you would call for the reset button as a critic, you're hoping that's the last time you call it for 15 years, right? Like, you're looking for that Mike Tomlin kind of tenure at head coach. But, gosh, it feels like the Bears have just – drawn out a bad 2019 season into a bad 2020 season and I still feel like they pulled off a miracle trade to get fields like I would give that first round pick away again and again and again because without young quarterback I don't think you have any direction but man oh man I'll I'll ask you this we were talking about a pre-show if you got to choose what would you do with the fact that Win or lose, the Giants have a first-round pick that gets better. Hopefully, I, I have no idea what you're feeling about this game, but with the Giants having the worst record, hopefully the Bears win, which promotes the Giants' pick a little bit higher, right? Who do y'all play last game of the season? You think you'll win it? Washington. We can't. We're not beating anybody right now. Which, hey, four wins could be worse. If you had that top six, top five pick, would you draft a quarterback? Would you stick with Jones? what would you do so if i fell in love with a quarterback i would draft one i just from what everyone says that there's there's not a quarterback to fall in love with that high this year um and i i want to fix this offensive line once for, for all and there's some good o-line Ooh, like there you the go. o-line is the one position i've started doing the draft homework on you know like again and i haven't started any homework on the qb so again i could fall in love with the qb and sure be banging on the tail from Malik willis or what you know fill in the blank so I'm pretty I'm pretty set in um, sticking with Jones for year four and just viewing him as a stopgap quarterback. Uh, but I also like you know Russell Wilson has like the Giants have been one of the destinations that have been rumored for him. I would be willing to go out and get him. A lot of cons to it because you'd be trading around trading away at least two first round picks. Uh, I would be willing to do it, although I do see some, a lot of the negatives in it. So right at this point, I am stick with Daniel Jones. Look at him as keep him as a stopgap. And draft offensive line and edge, which is our biggest needs personnel wise, like and more so than QB. And Jones has shown to be at least an average QB. And yeah, you know, it's a week to week leak. He can go out next year yep. and and everyone, including myself, who's moved on from him, could be back on him, or he'll suck again. And then we are looking at quarterback the next season. And you better believe that, like, I'm not blind to the way things work in the NFL, right? I mean, for crying out loud. So let's take Justin Herbert, phenomenal rookie year. You said this before the pre-show. Daniel Jones had statistically pretty much the same rookie year as Justin Herbert, just with a whole bunch of extra fumbles. But, I mean, come on, Bobby. 
We also know that Dan, or that Justin Herbert's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. He had Austin Eckler. I mean, the the Chargers. And he's got a one of like a talent. one of one arm too, which is like oh, people, of course. You know, so I, I get that when I whenever I bring up their rookie seasons, people bring that up, which is. But you know, it's the, the key it's, there being Bobby that you got to have weapons to have success, right? I mean, I the only quarterback that I can think of that really took no weapons besides no I, I guess it'd be both probably Brady and Rogers right because I feel like Russ has had some weapons but now we're getting into two hoity-toity conversations the point is is that the Giants upgrading their war chest whether it's an offensive line whether it's at running back which I'm, I'm sure not a lot of people want to talk about saying once yards per carry and so on and so forth it's, but uh, uh no 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 you'd be wrong the Giants fans love talking about Saquon right now it's uh oh man <laughs> it's it's never been low. I mean, I, I'm telling you, we're never been lower as a, as a franchise than at least in my 30 years of life. It it feels like a rough time, but but hey hey, we'll we'll take what Bears fans always say, right? It's always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> like two first round picks could be you could be Chicago, where if Fields doesn't work out, you're out almost two entire drafts. Not because of the Fields trade, but because of the the Jenkins trade and also the Montgomery trade. And also, like, they're, they're just trading a lot of picks away, man. <laughs> but yeah, you're not just a matter of, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let me let me get to <laughs> let me ask you about the defense. Let's just do quick, it. quick. What's the identity? Is it like a too high, you know, Fangio it's a too high char- pattern match Fangio defense? And okay. so you're gonna see a lot of like man zone hybrid concepts. The Bears. This is a weird statistic for you lead the league in percentage of plays that PFF has been unable to identify whether it was man or zone, which that's funny. That's, that's been their MO. I mean, it's, it's just pattern match pass off work. And when Artie Burns is playing well, that's fine. When Kendall Vildor gets a start inexplicably, he plays pretty bad. Their six round rookie quarter cornerback, Thomas Graham, he stepped up fairly recently, but with Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and uh, a host of other injuries across the defense, they've really struggled, man. But uh, I will tell you what, one number to watch for would be number 94. I don't know if you've heard. Robert Robert Quinn Quinn. is on an absolute tear. He has 17 sacks this season, and if he sacks the long-necked wonder, number two, Mike Glennon, that will break the Bears franchise record and put Robert Quinn as the highest sack total ever in a Bears uniform. So potential history on the line on Sunday afternoon. Question, is he lining up on both sides? He puts himself on the right side mostly, if so not like always. Versus the right tackle or versus, versus the, left the left tackle? He ain't getting it, bro. Andrew Thomas is he's our only he's our only he's our shining star this year, man. He's there you go. allowed one sack. He's been our he's been our guy. So tell him to line up on over Nate Solder and he might I'll, get I'll pass that along. You know, you guys have got a couple, you know, you guys have gotten to play Nate Solder a few times and and kill him. So, uh, um, Andrew Thomas, he is our, like, he's the only player I get jazzed up watching. Tony, when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. Absolutely. Um, last question, since we're kind of BSing. How's, how's the sure. Alec Ogletree experience? Oh, gosh, it's, it's weird. I feel like one play, he fits his gap. So, the weird part about linebackers, right, is they're all over the field, even if they're not very good, right? So you'll still see Ogletree make like six to nine tackles a game, 
but he's not good in coverage. I mean, like yeah. whether it's him not knowing where he's supposed to be or just losing his man on a man assignment, right? God forbid he tries to play zone. It's he's he's one of PFF great or PFF's worst graded defenders this season for a reason. And I like just citing them, not because I'm some PFF head, but because it makes it to where it's it's not just my opinion, right? And uh, Alec Ogletree, let's put it this way. Well, you have Alec Giants' Ogletree, opinion behind you, too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> let's put it this way. I'll tell you the scary part, Bobby. Every time Danny Trevathan has stepped on the field, I've wanted 44 back on it. So even as bad as Ogletree has been. God, you guys are still dealing with Trevathan, better... too. I remember talking last year, and it's like Trevathan yeah. is so bad. Yep. And so, well, he got a big deal last year. And so, like, he, he got a two-and-a-half-year deal with an extra one-and-a-half void years. Our cap is a mess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like like you're saying, this is a – it's a, it's <laughs> it's an interview of two guys covering franchises in bad spots. And that are very like, familiar, <laughs> too, and, like, are doing de- trades in the offseason with each other. <laughs> no kidding. Uh. And I, I feel like – the funny part about last week, I cannot imagine what it was like. Silly question. I've got one for you. Was it goofy watching that Seattle game in the afternoon slot? So you had the opportunity to watch it. <laughs> Seeing Nick Foles drive back to somehow bump the draft position down out of absolutely nowhere. We had thought that game was over and I turned it on literally for the last 50 <laughs> seconds before we recorded. And I was like, are you serious right now? Is this serious? Is it what's happening right now, Russell Wilson? It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm never going to, I hate you. I don't want to trade for you at all now. Like, this is, this is unreal that you guys let Nick Foles win this game on you. <laughs> it was, it, it was that classic Philly Foles magic, too. That was so, was so funny about it. Like, I, I don't know if that means 50 seconds you caught this. A third and 14 fade route to Jimmy Graham goes through. Then they go for two and get it. It was, it was funny because you got to remember, like, Bears fans right now, we don't have a first-round pick. We also aren't near the playoffs. We're mathematically eliminated. So winning and losing is truly just for the fun of it. You know what I mean? Like, in a game Justin Fields is playing, you're like, I'm watching a game with minimally minimal impact on the future at all. Like, That's why if Justin Fields wasn't playing, I'd be, like, ripping my hair out if I were you. Like, this is yeah. – this is my like. This is what I want to do: is watch this one player. Like, I don't care about any other player on the team. I want to watch this one player every week. <laughs> at least when Jan- at least when Jones went down for two games, it's like all right, we get the Eli farewell tour, and that made it a little more fun in 2019. Oh yeah, the bright side with Fields that I'll tell you as a Bears fan in this setting is that Fields has played over 10 games this season. He obviously has gotten better. And I'm waiting, as I'm sure you were after Jones, for that first professional offseason, right? I've always heard about this, that that first offseason, you finish up your collegiate bowl season around January. You get with an agent for basically the first time ever. You're doing pre-draft workouts. You're meeting with teams. You're studying playbooks. You're learning how to interview. You go to the combine. You go to the draft. And then you have, like, mini camp, training camp, season time. But this offseason... As a, again, as I'm sure you know, this is where, whether it's Kadarius Tony or Justin Fields, you end the season with next season in mind. That's it. You meet with the personal training coach. You figure stuff out to try to get better at. And you come back, you hope, as de- depending on the guy's work ethic, pretty much the player that you're going to be for the rest of the future. You know what I mean? Right. Like, unless you're Josh Allen and you figure out year three, which, hey, that happens all the time is for quarterbacks specifically. But that sophomore step is massive and so 
I'm I'm waiting for that with Justin Fields. This Matt Nagy offense seems like it's doing more more harm to him than good. And that's not to say Fields isn't making mistakes, but past a certain point, if you turn on any of the Bears games and watch these things, you'll see this kid is getting no help. And you have to watch the All-22. Otherwise, it looks like he's just standing there running around with his head cut off. Because on the broadcast, you can't see that everyone's so frustrating. You know what I mean? Can I ask you this? Because you're a film guy like me. Right. How do you deal with the Bears all 22 every week? Like it's we dread it watching uh-huh. the Bears all 22 every week. Or did you, you get that? the 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 secret Bears video that I saw earlier in the year? Do you have that? Yes. So basically, here's the here's the way that I do it. I don't know if you uh, if you want to go through this, but you can ask me, and I'll source you the all 22 later. But uh, yeah, we'll talk through, later. You can go through European Game Pass. That's what we do. And it's got the special angle. It's got the good one. Does it really? So they, that's crazy. So yeah, we actually are doing the Euro VPN thing. It's better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right now I'm screen recording it, you know, so it's because I can't, I don't know how to download it, but um, (laughs) man, Robert, I do appreciate you coming on. Of course. Uh, You know, you're, you're in the car right now and it doesn't sound like it. Good, uh, good audio. So uh, we will be talking again next year. I'm sure we'll talk talk some time in between. Can you go down to the senior bowl or something? We're going to the Senior Bowl. You should go. Let's do it. I'll, I'll see if I can't find my way there. I want to so bad. All right. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right. We now welcome onto the program of a very special two people. We got Greg and Greg's dad. Who Greg's dad was the star of the show on Monday after the Giants pass game. To put a little context behind it, we put out a poll for who do we, who do you want to be the Giants QB, Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon? It got 275 responses, and but the most liked response was Greg saying, "My dad." It would mean a lot. So we we got uh, we got Greg's dad on the show. Greg, Greg, uh, Greg's dad. Do you have a a name, a first name, or are we just gonna call you Greg's dad? Uh, Mr. Greg's dad. No, Mr. Tony's good. <laughs> Okay. All right. I like Mr. Greg's dad back. Better. So who, who do you want to play QB? Uh, Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, with that offensive line, I don't care who you put back there. <laughs> Nobody's going to do any good. So it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Terrible. Well, it doesn't matter to Greg's dad. Greg, why would it mean a lot for, to you for <laughs> your dad to be the QB? I'd give it a shot. I think he'd be all right. Yeah, show me. No, you know what? Give it a shot. Honestly, man, I I I watched that game Sunday, and I was just thinking, like, how the hell did we get here? Like, how? I was just hoping that Jake Fromm would come in and be the savior of the Giants. Like, and then I saw your uh, your tweet, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, just go ahead. Go, my dad. Does it really make a difference at this point? So, and then I put my phone down, and then I woke up to all his responses. I didn't know what the hell happened. I I was laughing my ass off, but. I honestly, I agree. I, I'd rather go uh, from because I know Mike Lennon's terrible. Maybe Jake Fromm could, could shock the world. But after yeah. that Sunday performance, yeah, day, he didn't look too good either. It doesn't get any worse than that. I, I'm in the Mike Lennon camp, but it doesn't matter because now our offensive line's bad and our, all our wide receivers are gone. Oh, so yeah. we put out a second poll because like, all right, let's let's test the you know the the nation. We said, who do you want to be the QB? Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, or Greg's dad? <laughs> Greg, Greg's dad, you got 82% of the votes. That's right, brother. I'm a natural born athlete. That's why. Fromm got 14 and uh, Glennon got four. Is this the, you've been watching a lot of Giants football. 
you know. Um, I go way back. When I was a kid, my one of my favorite players was uh, Homer Jones, Del Schaffner, <laughs> guys like that. Spider Lockhart. Yeah, I, I know all those guys. We do like a 100 oh, days, yeah. 99 <laughs> days till Giants football. Yeah, and so we, right. we always he, use he, those he guys. You Wave Lincoln too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I heard he. I heard he got shot or something. Is, it, is this is this your like the lowest Giants football has been in your lifetime? No. When I was growing up, they were horrible. They were horrible. I mean, it's pretty close. But I've been through some really bad years when I was a kid. Been some real good years, and now it's back to bad years again. I'm 31, 32. No, so I'm definitely definitely man. the worst for me. So yeah. I mean, uh, it's. Uh, I they were pretty bad in the sixties, and then they got Fran talking it in a trade, and they went eight and eight. And I thought that was like better than winning the Super Bowl. That's how <laughs> bad they were back then. But you say that, you say that. But last year we went six and ten, and we're one game out of the playoffs, man. And it felt like we were building the championship team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, well, I, you know, they, I had hope. they looked like they were turning the corner, but they just looked, they just fell back into a bliss again. Not good. What do you think is the is their biggest issue? Uh, offensive line, pass rusher, those two issues, right? Those two right there are the I think, main. I think it's coordinator. I think everyone's talking about the head coach and the GM, yeah. but we need to get a legit offensive coordinator in there before we do anything. So yeah, well, get that and then use these assets to build the line. You know, that's that's the same old story. We've been saying it for even when Eli was still there, we've been saying that. So you know, yeah. there was a period when they drafted uh the best linebackers in football. I always were noted for like Lawrence Taylor, Carson, guys <laughs> like that. But they, those days are gone, man. Now yeah. we draft Lorenzo Carter mediocre, and O'Shea players. Um, so Daniel Jones has been out, which is why is why I mean basically why you're on this show, Greg's dad. <laughs> so what do you think about Daniel Jones? Because if you outperform Glennon and Fromm this Sunday, you're gonna have to come back and battle with him for that. For uh, yeah, I'm gonna have for, to start jogging again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are you so you're out on Jones? Uh, I like Daniel Jones. I think he can be good. I just, I, like I said, I don't care who you put back there. He's gonna have problems. Gonna have problems. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a frustrating year. Who who's the player you like the most on the t- on the team? My favorite player. Um, I you know what? I probably like Barkley, but but he's. You know, he's been banged up. Uh, hard to pinpoint one player. You like the, uh, the I like rookie this pass rush. He likes those. What's his name? He man? likes Tony. And uh, no, I'm not crazy about Tony. He just Have it. you listened to Tony's music at all? <laughs> no, I can assure you he has not. No. <laughs> no. He's, a ra- so. he's, he's a rapper. He calls himself oh, a young, young Joker. Yeah. Joker. Young Joker. Um, well, yeah. You guys are gonna to have to send me over you guys' shirt sizes because I want to send you guys some stuff and thank you oh, for awesome, on. Yeah. Do thank you guys you. know any local business? You know, maybe a business owner yourself. You want to give a shout out because I mean we're at the end of this year and we're giving away free ads. Um, uh, anybody need insurance in Rhode Island? Sure, <laughs> can't have me, Greg Mercurio. Is that where you guys are? Is Rhode Island? Yes, yeah. So we don't always get them on TV, so we actually have to go out to watch them, which just makes it worse. So, oh man, when's the last Giants time you guys were at a Giants game? We just went to uh, Sunday, Dallas Dallas, game. the Dallas game. Where is we that like a, a once in a while thing, or you guys go pretty often? We try to go once a year. Yeah, you know, yeah. make we make it like we this we went to the Eli game this year too when they retired. Hey, Rodney Hampton signed my hats last Sunday. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. We yeah. just uh, one of our our co-hosts he just had dinner with Otis Anderson the other day, so that's oh, pretty man. cool, Rodney Hampton. That's really cool. Yeah. So what we're gonna have to do is we do. Uh, 
a once a year event tailgate at, at one of the games. So whenever we figure out that day, I'm going to send that to you guys. Cause I do, I want you guys there and having some food and a good time with us. Uh, awesome. awesome, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Is it a sky box I, or are we going to sit in the cold? I'm, you know what? I will try and get you some tickets because we had, uh, we're sponsored by DraftKings. Oh, and uh, okay. they gave us a free suite for that Cowboys game. Now I'm down in Florida, so I didn't get to go. So Justin hogged it to himself. But we will get you in there. Uh, <laughs> cool. Thank you, man. That's good stuff. This, can this, we send at you? least we'll try to, because I'm trying to get in there too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, what, what can we send you? Some cannolis or something? I would love some cannolis. Next time I'm, uh, I come up to Jersey or, or whatever, right. we'll uh, we'll we'll yeah, figure we'll something some. out. Maybe bring me a. Uh, you know, a four pack or something. There you go. Okay. Well, we got a we got a kick out of this, man. This was this was a lot that of fun. Awesome. We appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you guys. Greg's dad for QB one. Appreciate well, how long you guys. You've been a Giants fan your whole life. Whole well, I was born in Jersey. Moved down okay, here when I was young. Jersey boy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Yep. All um, right. My uh, favorite Giant of all time was probably Mark Pavaro. I liked him a lot. I'm 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 29. Jeremy Shockey. I'm a big Jeremy Shockey, Shockey fan. Like Played Shockey in Miami. Too, I used to have the long blonde hair as well, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you one favor. Can Greg's dad, can you say Talking Giants versus the world? I'm sorry. Say, say, say the show Giants. is Talking Giants. The slogan is Talking Giants versus the world. Talking Giants versus the world. Hell yeah. I appreciate you guys. No Thanks, problem. Bobby. Have nice a good one, man. Nice talking man. with you. Good luck. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my motherfucking uncle, okay? We now welcome on. The second member of Talking Giants who's currently in the, the great state of Florida. Although, don't move here. We don't want anyone moving here anymore. We're, we're, we're happy with what we have. Danny King. Danny King, uh, I'm sure the weather is good in Miami, but we brought you on to do the weather for Chicago, for New York Giants at Chicago Bears. It's great in Miami, but uh, the people going to the Bears game, a.k.a. Uh, the football grump and uh, cranky fan, you guys are, I don't know what the fall process was, because it could be 18 degrees in Chicago. On Sunday, I had this part before when I told Bobby and Justin, the feel like temperature is going to be four degrees in <laughs> Chicago oh. and the wind is 13 miles per hour. So it's going to be sunny, though, but it's going to be very cold, very cold. And this windy is literally the, the worst city. Giants game to go to this 100%. season. Like this yeah, is that, it. It's two bad, horrible offenses. 18 degrees windy with feels like four degrees. This is the worst game on the road. This the is worst. the worst game if you're a Giants fan to go to this season. Worst game. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have – like when they bought – I'm not sure when they got to it, but this could not have gone – I think – oh, I'm assuming – could Chris Mickle be going to this game? That's possible. He might be going to the Bears Chris Mickle game. will be there. Oh, Chris God. Mickle, you poor soul. You poor but that, soul. But he's a Chicago guy who – like it's, that, it's oh, a little yeah. different for Chris Mickle. It's it's for, they, for them to be traveling. I mean, I'm telling you, they're idiots. Like that was the okay. one time I've ever agreed with Snacks. It was saying like you guys are idiots for going to that game. <laughs> 100%. This is just the worst weather known to mankind. All right. Uh, do we have any trivia? We do. We've got two more uh, of these. So by this, this is question. second. Like, after this, we got one more. So let's enjoy the, this uh, this yeah. segment. Next year, we yeah, need to keep trivia this. stats, by the way. See how well we do. All right. Go, yeah. go with the trivia. Yeah. You got to love trivia. So who holds the most Russian, most Russian yards in a single game against the Bears? Don't be going back to the 60s or 70s. This is a player or 80s. Or maybe even nineties. Who knows? But this is a player that I have a fun fact for you that has nothing to do with the trivia. Pretty sure Brandon Jacobs' last like good game as a giant when he wore when he wore number thirty four was against the Bears. Against the Bears. Um, don't think Brandon that's Jacobs. Don't think that's the game though, and I don't think that's the answer. It's not. It's not the answer. I'll give you that. Figured that. Fun fact. 
not the answer. Well, you can't give away Brandon Jacobs is not the answer. That's not. Is it Saquon Barkley? Uh, no. that's not the answer. No. I, he, that Chicago, like he won that Chicago game for us. By the I, way, I, you guys, final guesses. This will be the final guesses. It's not Ron Dane. Um, <laughs> Saquon was fourth, actually. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, man, this is tough, but I really want to get it right. Just answer it. Um, Bradshaw. Bobby, do you have an answer? I said Saquon already. I, uh, you don't get more than answer. one guess. Okay, the answer was Derek Ward. Damn it! Second guess. Derek Ward in two, week 13, 2007, had 24 carries, 154 yards, and one touchdown against the Bears. He was drafted by the Jets in 04. No, yes, 04. He got cut by them, signed by the Giants. And then he, in that year, he had 125 uh, rushes for 602 yards and three touchdowns. So Derek he Ward was hurt. went to Tampa and Houston. He was hurt for the first part of that 07 season and then came back and helped. Earth, wind, and fire, baby. Speaking of earth, wind, and fire, we are really – this fantasy this fantasy draft is getting tight. And if you are listening to a preview episode for the first time this season, we draft players from the, the game that we are playing. This week, Justin will be picking first. I'll be picking second, Danny third. Justin is still in last place, but he's only after a forty-point outing. He's only thirty-six point nine points behind. Like if we have the same exact result of last week, the next two weeks, Justin will win the fantasy championship. You know, so like it's it's not likely, but Justin is not time. out of this. I looked at last year. Uh, Justin won by over a hundred points for the season. Like there was no chance of anyone beating Justin for like the last month of the season. Um, I am still in first place, and then Danny after a twelve-point outing. Danny, after a, after a 27-point outing, is 11.5 points back. So, me and Danny, it's really any one of our games. Obviously, I'm favored because I have an 11.5-point lead. But Justin is not out of this. I'm re- This is what I'm looking forward to more than, like, now that since we both have we have the Bears draft pick, I'm just going to root for these players. That's going to be my who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the four players that I pick. Oh, yeah. But, Justin, you have the first pick and a really – this is 100% the bleakest week for this fantasy draft, and I love it. Justin, who's the first pick? I think the easiest and the best pick here is just David Montgomery. Um, yeah. He's a he's a guy that's just going to get carries, and um, I know he's going to produce yards. I'm just hoping that he can cash in in the end zone and therefore really make that number one pick and run away with anybody else because nobody else is a lock to even uh, get like 40 yards. So good luck. Oh, yeah. No one, no one is. So, I knew you were going to go David Montgomery. So, I kind of had in my head who I was going to pick second. I am throwing a curveball this week with my first pick. I'm going with Devontae Booker. Whoa. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Seriously, who should I trust to get yards? Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, maybe? Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley was on the Do Not Practice on Thursday. Now, he talked on the radio to Kim Jones, which was a hilarious interview. Like, he was was 100% playing. Um, you know, but Booker even like Booker gets more yards. He gets more yards per pop and they use him in the receiving game. So I'm going Devonte Booker with my second pick. And as I say that, I forgot, I didn't even pick a freaking giant factor yet. Danny. And we don't like, we don't have Slayton this week. Um, we don't have, we don't like our number two wide receiver legit might be David Seals. Like I'm not like, yeah, Farrell Cooper in the slot. David Seals might get his first start. So. Yeah, I forgot about John Factor as well, so I'm going to have to brainstorm that after this. Uh, my pick is going to be Darnell Mooney because him and Justin 
Oh, wait a second. Easy pick right there. No, is, go is back Justin on Fields it, playing? Go no, back I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm not. You I'm have not. back-to-back picks anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Is Justin Fields playing, by the way? I don't know. Is, I'll, do we we'll know figure that? out in the interview. Figure out the interview. That, that happened before this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, my second pick, I just can't go when we took Devontae. Someone took Devontae Booker in the first round. I actually might have in week one. That's to be determined. Uh, and then now, now it gets really bad. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Give me Jimmy Graham. I don't care. He's having. He's been getting some touchdown passes here and there. Uh, the Cole Komet, he did, uh, Jimmy Graham's caught a touchdown pass. Uh, he definitely ended the Seattle season last week. I believe he called one for Justin Fields in the Minnesota. He could, I think Jimmy Graham will have a touchdown this week. I, I would feel confident saying that. That's an insane pick to me. Because I'm taking their starting tight end, Cole Komet. I mean, he he actually gets like you get they they use him. Um, I'm banking that, on the touchdown with Jimmy Graham. That is what I'm banking on. Yeah, that's true. Which is great. Yeah, I, but I'm going Cole Komet. He was fourth on my big board, picking fifth. Um, so I have Devonte Booker and Cole Komet as my my first and second <coughs> pick. Justin, you got back to back picks. Oh yeah, now it gets bad. Now it gets really really bad. Um. Give me Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that's the smart pick. Right. And then uh, I got back-to-back. So Do you me... think Kenny Galladay is going to get a touchdown this season? No. No. That's just wild. So part of me was rooting for it because it would be kind of hilarious that he, like, you know, I want to not get a touchdown. But listening to him talk, like when they asked him, like, have you ever had a season where you didn't score a touchdown? And he's like, no. He's like, never. Like, it's so... I'm rooting for the Kenny Galladay touchdown. Where before I might have been so, like, just like it'd be so funny if he doesn't score. But I, I actually am rooting for the Kenny Galladay touchdown. It'll bring a, it'll bring a moment of joy. So even if it's, even if we're down by 40 points and it's the with two seconds left, Kenny Galladay catches a touchdown. I swear I'll celebrate it. We'll be the Super Bowl. Uh, you have another pick, Justin. Yeah, I do. Um, so Kadarius Tony's probably not going to play. Give me Allen Robinson. Coming That's... back off the COVID list, right? Yeah. Yeah, Allen Robinson's playing. It, it's a. Uh... Go ahead, Bobby. Could you imagine last year's free agency when Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson was every Giants fan's two top targets? Now they're both like, on my team. When we talk, when if you asked us, if you asked us last year at this time, it's like, hey, who in free agency do you want? Be like Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, those were the two that everyone say, even if you didn't think it was reasonable. Now they're and being they, taken in the third and the fourth round of a the, fantasy and draft our, in week our, seventeen. Our worst fantasy draft of the season. They're taking sixth and seventh overall. <laughs> Um. So what an absolute world we live in. I You know what? I'm going to do it to Danny. I'm going to ruin his day. Mm. Guess who I'm taking? Screw you. Evan, Evan Ingram. Ingram. Evan Ingram. I hate you guys. Evan Ingram. He gets those garbage tiny yards with Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon likes him. I'm going Evan Ingram with my third pick. I, I hate this world. This that was on you. You picked cool. Jimmy Graham before your boy. Yeah, I didn't think it. Reed and Justin that. would have not picked Jimmy Graham. I would almost guarantee that. I'm betting on. I'm betting on the high. The, what I take Juan Barkley. You're gonna score a touchdown this Damn, week. I was hoping to give you the hedge. Yeah, 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 he slip by. You, you can take Evan Ingram from me. I, I'm not allowed to say Quan slip by. I took a backup tight end, but I'm not letting the Giants starting running back slip by, even though he's bad. All right, what do, what do we got? So, uh, what's your last, your final pick? 
Oh crap! I forgot about that part as well. Um, let's see. Tony out. Um, no, I. There's an obvious one me... here. Dan. It's probably gonna be Khalil Herbert. That's who I'm taking. Really? That was not what I thought was the obvious one. Is yours Mark Marquise Goodwin? Is it fair to say Fair Cooper is obvious, or would you say Marquise Goodwin? Obviously, would have been Marquise Goodwin. You know what? I got a lead. Mike Lennon has thrown a touchdown to this guy in a Giants uniform before. David Sills. Justin, finish off the draft. Oh, what would it be? Um, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle, I guess that makes sense more than Farrell he, Cooper. He was a limited participant in practice this week. Or that Thursday. doesn't matter. He's, he's like a limited every week. All right, to recap, Justin, who's 30, uh, 36 uh, points back. David Montgomery, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Kyle Rudolph. Myself, the leader, Devontae Booker, Cole Komet, Evan Ingram, and David Sills. And Danny King, Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham, Saquon Barkley, and Khalil Herbert. All right, it's time for Giant Factors. Justin, you have the first pick this week. Take it luck. Um, who was Lorenzo Carter? Don't know if I said him last week, but um, depending on who is that quarterback, depending on who is that quarterback, if it's Fields, the dude takes a lot of sacks. If it's Foles... No matter what, you're not going to have a guy that's mobile back there. This Bears offensive line is not that very good, but also it is the quarterback that holds onto the ball. So I'm expecting this Giants pass rush to get after the quarterback this week. I want them to. Lorenzo Carter continue to be the best player in the NFL. You're my Giant factor. Okay. Best player in the NFL. One year, $1 million. Earn that $1 million this week, Lorenzo Carter. My Giant factor is going to be someone who I think is going to start at wide receiver this week. Who has an army behind him. Who I just picked in the fantasy draft. Farrell Cooper. David Sills, baby. David Sills. Let Give us something all offseason to talk about you in training camp for. Like, dude, if you put up three catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown, you own training camp again. You are a training camp star again. It won't matter long term. You're not going to be a part of the team's future plans. You'll probably get cut. But become a, you could be a training camp star with a three catch, forty three yard, one touchdown outing. My giant factor is David Sills because I'm looking forward to the off season. So give me something to look forward to in the off season. Danny King, who is your giant factor? Uh, I'm gonna go Quincy Roche. I mean, the Giants are reaching a point in the season where they're gonna give different players different looks. Quincy Roche, he's had some uh, highlights here and there. I think he can maybe provide another one tonight in uh Chicago or tomorrow in Chicago. So give me a uh, Quincy Roche. So, who do we view more as part of the future going forward? Quincy Roche or Ellerson Smith? That's a great question. That's a really good question. Which would be funny. One that we drafted in the fourth round. The other one who we didn't draft in the sixth round. And we got as an undrafted, as a waiver claim. So It's it's unlikely that both of them make the roster next year, in a way. I would say Quincy Roche. It de- <sighs> It depends on if Carter's here. If Carter's not here, then both of them make the roster. If Carter's oh, here, yeah. then it, then it gets tight. I'm rescinding the one-year, $1 million offer to the rest Whoa. of the um, <clears throat> All right. Um, spread pick. So, last week. Last week was a pretty good synopsis of how this year has went. Justin went 2-6. and six. 
He's he's uh, fifty seven and sixty seven on the season. The listeners went four and four. I wish they would have went three and five because they're sixty and sixty four on the season. I went five and three. I'm barely over five hundred, which is my goal for the rest of the season. Sixty three and sixty one, and just make sure the listeners uh, aren't able to touch me. And Danny King went seven and one last week, seventy three and fifty one. Wow. I mean, and, unless we just disagree on like you know seventy five percent of picks, and I'm right on all of those. This is over, so we still got to do it. The listeners are represented by Chocolate Jefferson this week. The Chiefs at the Bengals plus five. They are going Bengals plus five. Danny, who are you going? Still waiting for my sweet tickets, DraftKings, for being the gambling expert. I'm going to be going the Bengals. They're just uh, – No, you're losing them money, so they're not going to give you stuff. That is, That's uh, why that Justin got the go. He makes the DraftKings money with his picks. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, yeah, but the Bengals are just I, – I love the Bengals. So, give me Joey B, future gold jacket. Joe, uh, Joe Burrow's hot in the streets right now. I'm going Chiefs minus five. Like, I think they're a better team, so I think they'll win this game. Five points is – you can see it being close. But I also – I just think the Chiefs are a better team. Uh, I don't care. I can't, someone said that freaking Patrick Mahomes is uh, not better than Joe Burrow on TV today. Stop. The Chiefs, I'm not. I was betting against them for like a month straight, and now I'm not betting them against them at all. I got Chiefs minus five. Justin, who you got? No, Bengals no, Thursday football this week, by the way, which sucks. Bengals could still win this game, um, but I mean, Chiefs minus five. Um, yeah, Chiefs. Uh, yeah, Chiefs minus five. All right, no Thursday night football. That sucks. All right, Dolphins at Titans minus three and a half. I'm on the Dolphins train, and I think if like the Titans, I don't think we're gonna blow them out. Um, so even if the Dolphins lose on and they end this seven game winning streak, I think it'll be by a field goal. Like I think the Dolphins will be in there with them. Um, so and I actually think the Dolphins will win outright. So I'm going Dolphins plus three and a half. Justin, who do you got? Titans minus three and a half. Danny, are you uh, siding with myself or Justin? I mean, I have to side with you. I'm, I'm in the city of Miami, so I'm rocking Miami. That is true. No Dolphins game though. Um. There is a Georgia game. That is true. Where's the, yeah, that's that's gonna be a fun atmosphere. Listeners went Titans minus three and a half. Um Raiders at Colts minus six and a half. This I know the Raiders haven't been very good, but like they're missing Carson Wentz. They're missing all like I'm this is to me is an easy Raiders plus six and a half. Danny, who do you uh the and the listeners went Colts though. Well, this, uh what do you got, Danny? I'm going to be signing with the listeners. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts. This is the Jonathan Taylor show. So why can't Jonathan Taylor lead the Colts? It's already a Jonathan Taylor show. They just need Carson Wentz to make the throws every now and again. That's but Wentz what isn't going to play. It's going to be Sam that, Ellinger. That, yeah, that's what they're going to ask Sam Ellinger now to be like, hey, when we need you to make a throw here and there, you need to make the throw. It's still a Jonathan Taylor show. And they'll have uh, Darius Leonard. They're off the line, should be back. So it's, I, I still see this being a Colts victory. I just victory. think Sam Ellinger sucks, and I don't see him winning by a touchdown. Justin, the Texas Alcorn, to be fair. Sucks. Just like Colt McCoy. Justin, who do you got? Where's Phillip Rivers? Give me a Raiders plus six and a half. Me and Justin agreeing. Actually, no, we disagreed on the Titans Dolphins. Never mind. All right. Um, Eagles at Washington plus three. I just think the Eagles are a better team. I'm going Eagles minus three. Listeners are going Eagles minus three. Is this the one we're all going Eagles minus three or no? Yeah, I'll be taking the Eagles. Yes. Playoff team, Philadelphia Eagles, apparently. God, I'm going to root so hard against them in the freaking playoffs. It'll be glorious. Um, Broncos at Chargers minus six and a half. Um, Justin, who do you got? 
Chargers minus six and a half. The listeners agree with you. I agree with you. I just think the Chargers are better than the are going to beat the Broncos and Drew Lock. Danny, who do you got? Yeah, the Chargers. It's Drew Lock. That'd be bad. I really want Vic Fangio. Um, even though he's going to be like the most sought after defense coordinator, and we have Patrick Graham. Cardinals out Cowboys minus six. Who do you got, Danny? Man, oh man, the Cardinals are on a downward spiral. Cowboys physically destroyed the football team on Sunday night. I'm gonna I think this could be a bounce back game for the Cardinals. I'm gonna take the Cardinals plus six. Or at least they'll win. I think they could keep it close, but I think they'll win. The listeners I agree with you agree with you. I agree with you because I just I'm just not in on the Cowboys. They beat about the football team. They're they're nothing. Yeah, that's... like that does that game doesn't impress me. Sorry, that don't impress me much. Uh, um, like that's that's like the Cowboys to a T beating up on bad teams. Justin, are you agreeing with us? Or are you going to still be like the Cowboys are a top two team in the NFL? <laughs> Did you just make a Shania Twain reference in my presence? I am going to go Cowboys minus six. There's something about these Cowboys where. I'm getting the same kind of vibe that I got with the Bucks last year, which I don't want to hear, well, the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they were always the favorites. No, they were not. People were down on the Bucks last year. And because of how good that defense is performing, if the Cowboys, if they can get their offense up to par like I think they can, then they're going to be a dangerous team. Do I still think they're going to choke in the playoffs? Yes, but they're a good regular season team. Cowboys minus six. Justin's a big narrative guy, so I'm going to give him the opportunity at another one. Vikings at Packers minus seven. <laughs> Oh, wait, be- wait, before Justin goes, I quickly, I have another weather report because this game is going to be even somehow worse than Chicago. It's going to be eight degrees in Lambeau on Sunday night, which it feels like a five below. So, Oh, that's that a Sunday night game. Looking forward to it. Kirk Cousins that's choking on, on primetime oh, again. shit. <laughs> so you're going Justin Vikings, right, Justin? Yes, I am going Vikings, plus seven. Danny, who are you going? Danny, who are you going? Oh, am I muted? Oh, I, I, I must cut out right now. I'm taking the Packers. Myself as well. The listeners are siding with Justin. And to finish it off, we got Browns at Steelers plus three and a half. Listeners are going Browns minus three and a half. Justin, who are you going? Steelers plus three and a half. Danny, who are you going? Uh, Manicast is back this week. That's fun. So, Ben, I'll be taking the Steelers in Big Ben's final game at Heinz Field. There's no way. Just no way that Big Ben is losing to the Cleveland Browns in his final game at Heinz, uh, Heinz Stadium or Heinz Field. There's no way. Steelers, this is the easy one. Danny, what is your score prediction for Giants at Bears in the draft? I mean, bowl? I mean my, my score prediction my, yeah, my score prediction this week is no matter what happens, the Giants win. Because if the Bears lose our draft pick, our draft pick goes down. If we lose our draft pick goes down. So this is a great day to be a Giants fan. Giants lose uh, uh, 14 to 6. I'm kind of I really want this game to end in a tie. Like I've never wanted a Giants game to end in a tie. This is the game I want to end in a tie. Justin, what do you got? Bears 9, Giants 6. Is that you just being being like, ooh, they both suck. Um, yes. Listen, it's the end of the season. These games don't matter. And that's why the Giants will win big. Giants 77, Bears 0. We'll see you guys on Monday. Give us one more victory podcast, even though I really don't care at this point. Like, 
Don't let the last time people hear Sweet Victory be the freaking Eagles game at home. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy, you know, being down in Miami and going to the college football playoff if you're Danny King. Until then, let's go Big Blue.